ladies and gentlemen, it seems we have a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, how's everyone? Welcome to the TopSpeed.com podcast. TopSpeed.com is your automotive home on the internet for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things you could ever want to see. My name is Christian Moe. I'm joined today by our editor-in-chief, Justin Coupler. Justin, please say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you today, Mr. Moe? <laughs> I'm great now that you're just like, hello, everyone. Hello. I just had this image in my head of like a teacher be like, class, meet your new teacher, Mr. Smith, and the whole class just goes, hi, Mr. Smith. <laughs> you said uh, say hello, so. That, it's, it sounded like the most scripted thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But Didn't yeah. it, though? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as, uh, as you can hello. tell, that wonderful, smooth, thick voice there, we have Mr. Mark McNabb joining us again. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing today? <laughs> This is Mr. Mark McNabb on Radio McNabb. Cool, 107.3 <laughs> FM. You could totally pull off like a late night DJ. <laughs> Maybe I did in the past life, I don't know. There you go. And now back to our non-stop hour of Marvin Gaye. <laughs> anyway, back to cars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, happy, happy Thursday, everyone. I'm so happy you're joining us for this utter, utter nonsense that we're calling a car show. <laughs> you know, it's it's bad news about our whole podcast that the first three minutes are completely filled with crap and nothing about cars. I know. I don't I don't know if anyone will ever make it past three minutes. You're like, I thought this was about cars. Turn that off. But you know what? Whatever. As long as they click the first time, we we get we get credit for that, right? That counts. Yeah, Probably. Yeah. So. As long as they hit that play button, that's all matters. Yeah, just put Marvin Gaye in the uh in the tags and make sure that you know we get some Marvin Gaye listeners in here too. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Christian, if you play that on the outro, I quit. <laughs> um, I'd love to play that on the outro, partially because it would be hilarious, and two because I want to call you on your bluff for quitting. But um, I won't because then I've got to deal with you know rights and legality and all that jazz. Now, when you sing "Let's Get It On," does that qualify for needing uh, royalties? No, no, because uh, that is that is your rendition of it. Um, uh, you are not using the exact copyrighted material. Um, depending on what you were using it for, there's, you know what, we're not going to talk about legal crap. What are you doing? Yes. So anyway, <laughs> ADD, uh, er, back on track. Also, also, everyone, as you can probably tell if you're paying attention to the site, uh, last week we had our first video pod podcast. Uh, this week we're doing another video podcast, so I'm going to wave, and then Mark's going to talk and he's going to wave. Hi, Mark. I, I'm thumbs-upping right now because I'm cool. Okay, Justin, you say something and wave. Hi, everybody. Hey, my screen didn't come up. Uh-oh, womp womp. But yeah, because when we talk, it's supposed to switch to us and be like, you can see us now. So anyway, Justin, uh, we hear that you are driving something very interesting this week, the, the Outlander, is that correct? Yeah, interesting is a polite way to put it, to say the least. <clears throat> Wait, Let's I have a question. Start... Was this was this the Outlander or the Outlander Sport? The Outlander. Oh, God, I wish it was a sport. <laughs> Um, let's start, I'll start with the bad, um, because that's the first thing you see when you walk up to the car. My God, is it ugly. Ugh. 
the grill looks like it was hijacked straight out of the uh, the Tron movie. The weird little lines down the side of it and all that weirdness and yeah. really nowhere for the air to really flow. Um, and then the headlights kind of look like they hijacked them straight off maybe an Evoke or something like that. And the rest of it is just blah. I mean, it really is. I can't really put it any other way. Um, but but when I got inside the, the the Outlander, this was the SE model with all the goodies, the touring package and everything. It was really well laid out. Uh, leather seating, granted, wasn't the most comfortable leather seating, but it was leather, um, <clears throat> a nice navigation system. And what was really awesome in this thing was the stereo system because uh, a lot of these Japanese cars, and actually all foreign cars, have these kind of crappy stereo systems. Mitsubishi really went above and beyond putting you know, a very nice sound system. It had a big Rockford Fosgate subwoofer in the back. Now, I'm not a big thumper anymore. I don't uh, pound on a subwoofer anymore, but it was nice to have every now and again. You know, crank up the tunes and get a little bit of vibration going through your seat and everything. It's actually really cool. Um, on the engine side, this one had the CVT and the 2.4 liter, so it was very, very underpowered. And this CVT, unlike the Mitsubishi Lancer, it did drone on and on and on. <laughs> so, okay, a few things stuck out in my mind. First, I can't believe you don't like the looks of it. If anyone came up to me and said, so we're going to take pieces of the best-looking Range Rover in 100 years and mix it with stuff that looks like Tron, I would just be like, yes, I want five. Thank you. But here's the issue. When Kmart sells it, then it's bad. Out. Well, okay. You cut, let's, let's cut Mitsu a little bit of slack. They're running on a pretty thin budget. But when I saw it, um, it's unconventional, yes, but I don't know if I would call it ugly. Um, I, I dig how it's really unique and really different and kind of interesting, and I, I, I like that about it. Um, as for your I don't thump anymore, like, what, did you used to, like, roll around in an old Impala thumping Marky Mark or something? <laughs> he was part of the Funky Bunch. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, well, let's continue with our weekly hey, wheels. I, I graduated in the late 1990s, and that was the cool thing to do back then. Just because it's cool doesn't you, mean you have to. Now you've grown up, you're an old man, and now you music is too loud for you, right? Exactly. Now I hear one of those cars next to you, doom, doom, doom. I'm like, God, turn that crap down. Do I have to hear your music? The same stuff everybody else said back in 1999 to me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, sometimes I'm really glad I don't have neighbors because I'm a huge music guy, and um, my closest neighbor is a quarter mile away, and sometimes I think they might still be able to hear me. <laughs> All right. Tennessee. Yep. Well, let's let's go ahead and continue. Uh, Mr. Mark, you got to spend some time in a Hyundai Sonata Hybrid. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. It, it, it's a. You know, I was really impressed with this car. I gotta say it. Um, Hyundai has been doing some really good products lately, and this, I think, is is definitely in that line. It's just like the regular Hyundai Sonata, except obviously it has the hybrid powertrain. Um, comes with a 2.4 liter uh, inline four and all the extra battery stuff. Combined, the thing gets, uh, th yeah, 30 mpg high, uh, combined, and then on the highway it gets 40. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty good little car. Um, well, little it's not. It, is, it does have a lot of good room. Um, also, starting price is like $35,000. So, I mean, it's it's a fairly good deal. 
fit and finish uh, on par for Hyundai, which is really good nowadays. Um, the leather felt pretty pretty close to like BMW standards. All of the little wood grains and stuff in the dash. Um, couldn't really complain about it. All the switch gear felt good, soft touch materials. Um, I especially like the gauges with the uh, um, the round chrome rings and then the uh, the little infotainment center in the in the center of it. So uh, really no complaints except um, it was just kind of dogishly slow. Um, but I mean that's kind of what you expect from a, a hybrid. Yeah, um, I got to spend um, I spent a, a little bit of time with that same machine and. Uh, one thing that I like about it, and to me is like the hallmark of a good hybrid, is when you can't tell yeah. when it's going from engine power to battery power, like if that transition is so smooth you can't tell, and that's that's one thing that car pulls off really well. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I remember um, having the radio off, the air canister off, and the car completely silent and trying to hear the difference, and except for the light on the dash... You couldn't do it. Uh, it was it was really impressive. All right. Well, today I was going to be talking about um, the Nissan GTR, but uh, I have decided to change things up uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one is I drove something yesterday that I haven't driven in many years, and it made me very happy, and that's what I want to talk about. But two, um, I know a lot of you fans on the site really, really, really like the GTR. So your job, uh, as you've been doing in the, in the comments with questions and comments and stuff, is uh, anything you want to know about the GTR, put it in there, and I'll make sure to cover it on next week's show, and I'll do the GTR then. Um, but what I got to drive is a 1984 Porsche 944. Um, it belongs to me and my wife, and we have owned it for many years. But unfortunately, in 2012, it developed a bit of an issue with the engine, and it's been sitting. And so I haven't driven it in over two years, and yesterday we got it out, we got it running, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, I was well, I was I was worried about the car because it died right before I started really getting into press cars and doing lots of trips and getting to drive this really cool metal that we've been talking about on the show. And I was worried the car wouldn't hold up to my new standards. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's easy to do. <laughs> Right, you know, it's it's like before the car used to be great because it was like one of the best things I'd ever driven. But now that I've spent time in Porsches and GTRs and like all this stuff, you know, I was worried that it was going to feel terrible. Like even even compared to my Golf, I've got tons of torque in the Golf. It's really well built. I'm just like this. I was worried it was going to be terrible, and it has some issues. I need to get the steering rack tightened up, and the tires are way out of balance for sitting for two years, and it's a little loud and obnoxious. But for driving it. Had surprising amount of power still, even though it just has a four-cylinder in it. Um, it's a big one. It's 2.5. But surprising amount of power. Shifting still felt good. The car still drove well. I was just utterly blown away by how good the car still was. You know, it's... I mean, it's 20 years old or 30 years old. Yeah, 30 years old. It's 30 years old this year. I mean, it's older than me. It's definitely holding up better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting around for two years, Christian? <laughs> Something, I swear. But yeah, so I was just really, really excited about that, that it, it wasn't terrible. It didn't suck. I was like, yay! So what exactly did you have to do to get this bad boy back up and running? Um, surprisingly, not a lot. Um, it had a bad lifter, which was the main... I mean, it's got lots of other issues. The main seal is bad, which is why it won't hold oil pressure. Um, it's got a leaky power steering pump. Uh, I need to do some suspension work on it. 
that needs new bushings in the shifter. But the thing that was keeping us from driving it was it had a bad lifter. So um, the lifter tick on it was so loud that it essentially sounded like there was a a small person living in the hood with a machine gun and just going da 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 Ouch. Yeah. That could be actually pretty interesting to drive in some places. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. But, um, it is, or it, the tick was loud enough that if it was started in the driveway, I could hear the tick in the house over the sound of the exhaust. Wow. So, um, yeah, we had a stuck lifter, but they're hydraulic lifters. So um, we flushed it out with some trans or with some automatic trans transmission fluid mixed with oil. Uh, you do a flush of that for about 10 or 15 minutes because ATF has a lot of detergents in it. Um, then we drained all the oil and ATF out, put a new filter on, uh, put put a new oil filter on it, uh, put fresh oil in it. We used a really heavyweight oil to boost up the oil pressure, and basically the boosted oil pressure after the detergents helps to break loose the seized lifter, and uh, now it works fine. Uh, drove it around several hours yesterday, uh, and the wife took it to work today, 50 miles, one 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 direction. She took it, not That's a impressive. single problem. That's yeah. Impressive. Yeah, it's really awesome after a car sitting that long. I know when I was overseas for two years, my poor Mazda sat, and even that being a 2004, it came back to me with some pretty serious issues like a completely tattered top and blowing out ignition coils, all kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, that car has been mostly bulletproof. I can't explain it. Um, we bought it with what was supposed to be about 100,000 miles on it, Um after we got it and we drove it around a bit and doing some research, I figured um, it's probably closer to 200,000 when we bought it. And we've put probably 50 on it our, ourselves. Um, I've driven it, uh, we took it 800 miles down to Daytona Beach. We've driven it up to Chicago. We've driven it to Wisconsin. Um, I've just taken the car everywhere. We've beat the living crap out of it and we've done almost nothing to it. It's been just the most reliable thing. It actually has been literally the most reliable thing I have ever owned. A 30-year-old car has been the most reliable thing you've ever owned? A 30-year-old Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, those cars are sitting. I think there's something wrong with all the other products that you're you're, you're owning here, Christian. There's, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, that's observation number one. But number two, I mean, those are old Porsches. The old 80s Porsches were indestructible. They were, they were, they were bulletproof. <clears throat> I mean, it really does just blow my mind. Like The only real issue we, we had out of it was the headlight motor died. And when the headlight motor died, uh, I locked the headlights in the up position, but uh, it was still draining electricity, and I didn't realize it because I didn't uh, dis disconnect the wires from the headlight pump, or from the headlight motor, rather. So um, we were draining the battery, so uh, every other day it would need a jump start. We couldn't figure out why, and that was it. Like That's the only time it's ever left us like stranded until the lifter issue was that the battery was going dead because I didn't, or because the headlight motor died. Like, that was it. Interesting. Hmm. Not bad at all. Right. Well, let's stop talking about... Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's stop talking about my, my old metal that's in the driveway. Um, let's move on to some news. Um, we're going to start with a piece that I just did uh, because I have a nice little update for it. Um, so we posted a video of the, G of the Golf GTI. Uh, they're calling it a club sport. It looks like a lightened, hearted-up version of a GTI. It's got a huge spoiler on the back. There's a roll cage in it. It looks a little bit lower. Um, when we first did the Spy Shots piece, um, the Spy Shot company's like, this is a golf club club sport. Um, this is what it's going to be. And then we got the video. And watching the video and looking at the photos, I wasn't entirely sure about it. 
There's a company in Germany that makes racing parts, suspension, roll cages, seats, harnesses, called Wikers. Um, and they have a huge logo on the side of this car. And my first thought was, if Volkswagen is running a test mule, they're not going to slap huge... Whoa. What do we have going on there? Did we just lose Justin? No, no I'm, here. I'm here. Oh, I'm getting like myself in feedback. That was really weird. Yes, yeah, I heard it for a second there, too. So, listeners, uh, the internet's terrible, and we apologize. Um, so, anyways, yeah, huge logo on the side, the side of this car, and I thought, the Volkswagen's not going to slap somebody else's logo on the side of a test car. That's just not something they're going to do. So, uh, I put an email to Wikers, and I'm like, hey, guys, what's up with this car? Is this your car? Is this your test mule? Like, what's going on with this? And their response to me was, this is not our car. They did say, like, that was... That was their line, like, we made the roll cage that is in that car. That is not our test vehicle, and they left it at that. They wouldn't give me any more info. So that actually lends a lot of credence to the fact that this is a Volkswagen test mule. They just happen to be putting decals for other companies on the side of it for some reason. Yeah, what it seems like is, you know, one of the guys in the shop that's helping build this car in the, in the factory said, hey, cool, they sent a uh, sticker along with the part and slapped it on the side of it. These guys do weird things like that. So just kind well, of been some young kid who happens to be helping build the car. And said, Let's slap the sticker on the side. That'll be cool. Well, I mean, it, it lends itself as good camouflage, too. I mean, because obviously you had to do some research to figure out what was going on with it, you know. No one's ever going to think, oh, well, that's a Volkswagen test mule. Oh, it's some kid out here with a race car, and, you know, he's got uh, he's got his... 15 extra horsepower sticker on the side, and it's it's good to go. Right. Well, so Fourth Thesis is coming. It's this huge like GTI convention thing that they do every year. And what I thought was, this isn't a Volkswagen car. This is just a Wikers car. And because the Mark 7 just came out, so they're testing the Mark 7 roll cage and the Mark 7 suspension bits and stuff, and they're going to demo that stuff at the show. That's what I thought. But um, that's not what's happening at all. This this looks like it might be a real Volkswagen car. So um, how cool would a lightened Club Sport GTI actually be? Like that's exciting. Well, that's that would, beyond cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, not gonna lie. But then comes the big question: Is it coming to America? <sighs> uh, yeah. Um, that's a bit iffy. But the GTI sells well here. Um, so there's a chance they might bring it. Um, I think what I guess what worries me about this is with that Golf R wagon that I want so badly. I don't think VW would bring both of them. They would bring one or the other. Like we would get the Golf R wagon, or we would get like a GTI Club Club Sport. But we would not. Well, get both. If you had to choose, which one would you go with, though? Golf R wagon. Wagon. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Three hundred horsepower all-wheel drive wagon. I think I would agree with that. Yeah, that's 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 pretty swanky. That was that was a silly question, Mark. <laughs> well, I just wanted to clarify for the, the listeners, of course. And for once, let's mark this date down. For once, we all agreed on something at the same time. Blasphemy! That, I'm ending the is... podcast now. <laughs> it's got too much horsepower. <laughs> okay, shut up. All right. Um, so we've got um, – let's, let's go ahead and let's move on a bit from that. Uh, Mark, you just did a cool piece that I really enjoyed reading. Um, was this your idea, or did someone else come up with this for the, for the pickup truck? Um, it was someone else's, but I took it and ran. Um, I'm not quite sure where it came from, but we decided to do a piece on the best truck for under $30,000. And we just kind of capped it at that because we can do a, a decent build, have some decent equipment on it, 
and still come out with some change in our pockets for uh, you know equipping the truck, however you want to. Um, so with the five trucks that I chose, I did the uh, the Ram 1500, uh, the Chevy 1500, uh, the Ford F-150, the uh, the new Colorado that's coming out, and then uh, of course the winner, which is the Toyota Tacoma. So um, it was actually pretty hard to get these trucks under that thirty thousand dollar mark, especially the Silverado, because um, you could only get it in like one or two trim levels and basically bare bones unless you stick with like a single cab truck. Um, that's kind of sad, but on the other hand, that the winner, obviously the uh, the Tacoma, you could pretty much get it in top level range and still stay under that thirty thousand dollar mark. So um, that speaks pretty highly for uh, Toyota. And then again, the uh, the Colorado that's coming out. We don't know the pricing of it yet, but it's got to compete with that that uh, Tacoma. So we're thinking it's going to be like twenty to thirty thousand dollars starting out. So you'd be able to equip it pretty pretty nicely and still have the four doors, lots of room for your family, everything like that, and still have the truck capability, the four-wheel drive, bed, tow, capa- uh, tow capacity, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really fun article to write, I would say. Yeah, and I, when I got that one on my desk and uh, and, and edited it, I was amazed at the uh, the process you went through to find all of this. Uh, so first of all, kudos to you. That was an outstanding piece of work. Well, thank uh, you. But it was amazing seeing what you could do with these trucks. You know, how I could dig down the trim levels and say, okay, if you want this kind of truck, like especially with the Ford F-150, you said, hey, if you want this kind of truck, do this. But if you want this kind, you can add these options and still stay in a 30K, which is really cool. I was actually pretty surprised um, that the Tacoma won. I really didn't expect that. Um, so you definitely did your research after reading the piece and, and seeing why you picked it. It makes perfect sense. Um, it was just very unexpected whenever I saw it. Yeah, I mean, the basically the only reason the Tacoma wins is because it is such a good truck that has the best amount of options you can get for the $30,000 budget. Yeah, there's a whole lot of other trucks out there that are better to do whatever you want, but they're going to cost you like $45,000, $50,000. You know, the Silverado, the new F-150, all that sort of stuff, they're expensive. But this truck, it's, you know, it's pretty cheap. Um, what I'm curious about is when the Colorado finally does come out and we get all the information on it, does it jump above the Tacoma? Because from what I'm reading so far, it looks like it's going to be an awesome, awesome mid-sized truck. Um, I was, well, I was, I was just about to bring that up, and I can tell you right now from my money, 110% the Colorado Canyon Twins are going to be the winner in my book simply for V6 diesel. Um, you know, like, I would love to have a truck with some power to tow my my horses around, uh, you know, that gets decent mileage. But I can't afford to spend tons of money on one of these big diesel trucks for something that I'm not going to use very often. Yeah, but exactly. If I can get a smaller truck like a Canyon, or uh, you know, for or with with that V6 diesel. Like, that's going to be really, really awesome because that price will be down at a target where I could actually afford it. And I don't need a huge truck because I'm not hauling big, massive trailers. I don't have a big gooseneck or anything. But I need slightly more than I might get out of a standard 1500 pickup truck. Yeah, and the good thing about this, I mean, I would guess that you're looking at probably a 7,000 pound towing capacity with the, uh, and it's a 2.8 liter Duramax inline four tipper diesel. Um, that's going to be oh yeah the V6 in the uh, in the Ram the Ram is getting the yeah 
the three liter uh, eco diesel on the Ram. Yeah, but this one's gonna have the inline four. Um, it it's it's gonna be a sweet engine because um, this is it's it's similar to the ones that's already in Europe, and uh, I mean they're getting some pretty good power out of that. I think uh, 350, 400 uh, foot pounds of torque. That's gonna be very sufficient for uh, hauling your ponies around. Um, right. Well, and, and you're getting go pretty good pretty good mileage with that too. Right. Like I. I would say you should easily be able to get that truck, like if you're not driving it really terribly, like 35 miles to the gallon seems like a pretty doable thing out of an engine. I would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe. Right, so 7,000 pound tow, tow rating and 35 miles to the gallon, and you have a truck. Like, that's just win, 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 with a little bit of win and a side of awesome win. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I think the reason the, uh, the mid-sized truck line died out is A, because manufacturers were scared to put money into them because they knew that if they did, then they would get really hot and then they would outperform the like the F-150 and the 1500s and people wouldn't buy those because, you know, they were just too much money. With these, you know, I, I love them and I think Chevy's doing a great job bringing it back and I think Dodge and Ford have a um, kind of a long road ahead trying to catch up, but, you know, it's... Well, all Ford needs to do is bring us the new Ranger that's been running around Europe because that's a pretty sweet, sweet little little truck. Isn't, that, isn't that beautiful? Oh man! Oh, yeah. And the the Volkswagen uh, R Mark or whatever Armark. it's called. That's, that's the coolest thing ever. But yeah, yeah. Like if I could get the VW pickup truck with the diesel, like that would be everything I like in cars. Just like in one vehicle. <laughs> You'd be in heaven. <laughs> I'd be kind of close. Because like, and it's I, I, I hate having to choose between vehicles, you know. Like that's why I got my diesel Golf is because I have to have something with decent gas mileage. I live too far away from town to not have something that gets great gas mileage, but I want something that's kind of fun to drive. So I got the Golf. But I hate not being able to do anything. I have a '65 Ford pickup truck in my yard, just simply so I can haul things like trash and hay because I can't put those in in the Golf. So if I could get a pickup truck version of my diesel golf, like that's all I need. You know, you just suddenly gave me this this image of you tossing hay bales in the back of your golf. Yeah. You know, Christian, uh, I do have to say though, the one time that I have seen your golf in person, I do remember the there being quite a bit of hay in the back. So I I think that you do haul hay in your golf. Um we have before. Um and <laughs> at that time um my wife was a zookeeper for the elephants at the local zoo. So yeah, there was always hay and dirt and stuff inside of that car. But that's, um, that's a pretty eclectic job. That's that's impressive. I've hauled hay in the Porsche before. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as you're not doing that in like a nine eleven press car. No no no. In in my nine four four because it's got the big hatchback. Yeah. So I just lifted the hatch up and put hay in it. Yeah, that works. That works. All right. We shall continue with the news. Um, all right. So, uh, Justin, you've got a piece here, right? Uh, I believe you want to talk to us about the new 2015, is it Challenger or Charger? Actually, both. Um, but the big one we need to talk about is the, the Charger. Um, the Challenger is coming as well. Um, it's going to be revised from my understanding, but it's not going to be as heavy as the Charger's revisions. Um, it's actually really big news because the Charger's kind of stayed its same design for a rather long time. Uh, they had that light refresh a few years back, but it was nothing overwhelming. They you know, hardened up the lines a little bit, brought the grill out a tiny bit. Uh, but overall, it's maintained pretty much the same look. Uh, from the teaser image they showed us, it's going to be a complete change. 
Um, the, the grill, it's going to have the crosshair grill, but the headlight's going to come out and meet the grill instead of the grill sitting out in front of the headlights. Looks like the front end's going to be more rounded than it ever has been before. Some LED accents above and below the main bulb. Um, and the other really, really, really big news, which is very exciting for everybody, is the Hellcat engine. Yes. Um, it is supposed to make its way into the Charger, which will make this the meanest sedan in America. I mean, nothing will hang with it. Yeah, look out M5, because this thing's coming. So I think that's actually the worst news about this entire thing. What? Oh, never mind. I, I know why. Okay. No, no. I don't know if you know why. It's not because there's too much power. Okay. It's because almost every single police car in the greater Knoxville area has been switched over to Challengers, or, or has been switched, switched over to, to Chargers, uh -huh. and I don't want them to be able to go faster, and I don't want them to have more power, because all that does is make my life more difficult if I'm well, not I don't being think a smart, the intelligent engine. human being. I don't think the Hellcat Andro may ever, ever, ever make the law enforcement spec, so I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, they're going to keep the really, same Really, which seven. is why they have uh, Challengers that are police cars and why they have Corvettes that are police cars and why they have everything in the world. There are Vipers that are police cars. Just because yeah. they don't have a police spec doesn't mean there won't be a police version of it. Yeah, but they're not used for anything except taking the schools and saying, Hey, kids, look how cool the cops are. We have a Viper. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, know, the one day I'm in another GTR and I'm trying to get somewhere quickly. Hey, come on, come on! It's just a challenge. Just a challenge. <laughs> but I mean, it's this is awesome news. I mean, I'm glad to see number one them changing up the front end a little bit because that was getting pretty boring. So it's nice to see that and the Hellcat engine. Oh, that's just yeah. going to be a badass sedan. I mean, I. As, as, boring, as boring as a Charger has become, this makes me excited for it again. Yeah, no, like, I think the new visuals is going to be great. Um, I think if they could keep it out of the hands of my law enforcement individuals in town, it'll be the greatest thing ever. Because, yeah, like, a, a sedan like that sounds awesome, you know? Especially if they get close to that 700 horsepower number they were touting for the uh, Challenger version of the Hellcat engine. Like, a 700 horsepower sedan sounds great. And could you imagine if they kept the all-wheel drive version of that too? 700 horsepower all-wheel drive charger? Like, come on. That come would be on. just disgusting. I'm going to rally across America. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about lookout GTR, man. Oh, wow. That's, that that's would, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, the charger probably have a nicer interior than the, than the GTR. I would say it would. Probably. <laughs> I do have to say, though, from the teaser image that Dodge released, if if there was no words surrounding that, that image and it was just like that, guess what car it is? You know, I kind of... I'd say the Avenger. I'd, yeah, the Avenger or the Dart. Like the yeah, I'd Dart. say like a new Dart. I don't know what that says for that car. I mean, like... I didn't it, think about that, just, but that's a huge point. It just looks too Dartish for me. I did notice that, but I think once they zoom it out and we get a whole look at everything, I think it's going to have a completely different appearance. Um, I, I hope so. I hope so, too, because I did think the same thing. I'm like, ew, that looks like a dart or the Avenger. Ugh. So hopefully, yes, this is just because it's so close in, you can't really uh, get an idea of what the entire picture looks like. So yeah. you know, my fingers crossed that that's all it is. Yeah, uh, I hope so. 
Well, uh, let's move on to the weather, shall we? Because it's been really lovely weather for pretty much everyone in the country for the last couple of weeks. Eagle um, rain! Right. Well, it's, it's, it's been beautiful weather, and um, BMW has decided that they're going to let everyone who's enjoying this beautiful weather know that they have a brand new toy for them. Uh, that would be the M4 convertible. I think, Mark, you did the, you did the bit on this? I did, and I tell you what. Ugh, talk about cars you lust for. Just take the M3. And, or yeah, the M3 or the M4 sedan or coupe, I guess. Chop the top off, and and here you go. It's got all the same bits, the same engine, all the uh, the suspension. Everything's gonna be awesome on this car. Um, let's see. It's yeah, the three liter inline six twin turbocharged, kicking out 425 horsepower, 406 pound feet of torque. It's got the uh, the dual clutch. You're looking at 4.20 to 60 with 155 limited uh, top speed. All of the goodie bits. Remember last week we talked about how the uh, the new M cars have the basically no bushings in the suspension or anything like that. It's going to be super tight. Um, I mean, ah, I, I can't say enough about this car. I'm just lost of words right now. It's, only, it's yeah, I'm just, I'm just staring at the press photo, and I'm like... It's, yeah. it's pretty beautiful. That... Um, the three-quarter rear view with the top up and all of those lines and everything with that uh, that really dark matte gray uh, finish with the black wheels. I think that needs to be my new desktop photo. No, that's 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 pretty sweet, and it's it's actually nice to see them sort of doing this a little bit better. Um, I still think it's a little ugly. Um, and this has always been my problem with the hardtop convertible, uh, like like the the M3, is they don't keep quite the same shape uh, for the greenhouse as they do with the standard hard hardtop. So it loses a little bit of that seduction when the top is up. But they did a really good job with the M with with the M4 convertible on keeping that looking pretty good. Yeah, I would say it looks it, it looks darn good for a hardtop convertible too. And I one thing I really appreciate is the rear window in this car is huge. Um, so I think yeah. rear visibility is going to be very nice. And that low uh, rear deck lid, there's no wing or anything on it. So rearward visibility plus you got those uh, the little three quarter windows right behind the doors. Those are massive yeah. as well. So I like how they cut into the uh, hood, like <clears throat> that uh, C to that C pillar, and make that cut in there to give you a lot of extra visibility there when the top's up. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I think that's great engineering too, and and it's got that little BMW kick. You know, that's that kind of brings in the design element there as well. Um, you know, it's just it seems like they really did their homework on this car. Uh, the interior is beautiful as well, and of course it's uh, spot on for the uh, the M4 coupe, um, but it's just. It seems it seems all together, all right. So. The only thing that concerns me with this is, are the, uh, the the actual handling characteristics. Are they going to be exactly the same as a coupe, or are we going to lose a little bit of, of that that stability because of the because of the top? Yeah, sure. I, I, you know, I think the people who buy this car aren't going to be the ones that take it for the the track day meets on the weekend. I, I see this as more of like a, a boulevard cruiser that can outrun pretty much everything else. Um, those folks who are looking for the the BMW meets and everything like that, they're going to be buying the coupe. Well, that, and I think um, the only thing that's going to be an issue for handling on this car is probably just going to be the extra weight from the top and the motors. Yeah. Um, the new M M4s, I mean, it's a, it's a really stiff car, and I think they're probably in the same boat as a Corvette is, 
you know, Corvette has their new all-aluminum frame and chassis and stuff for the standard speedway. <laughs> and so when they chopped the top off to make the convertible, they didn't actually have to stiffen it at all because that standard frame is so stiff that even when they cut the top off, the car is still fine and the car is still solid. So I, I think you're not going to get a lot of, like, callus shake. You're not going to feel a lot of twist out of this car. Uh, the biggest issue is going to be that weight. Yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think it's, like, um, roughly 500 pounds extra um, that they had to that the the uh, convertible has added to the coupe's weight, so I mean, you know, with the top down, that uh, that weight is going to be a little bit lower in the chassis uh, versus the top being up. So if you are going to run it hard, just put the top down. Yeah, as lame as that is. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know what? There is 500 pounds is a lot of weight, but having a car with no top, having unlimited headroom really makes a lot of problems go away. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing, too. You know, we talk a lot about numbers here on the show and, and too, in our writing. But honestly, for me at least, like 90% of what makes a car a car is how it feels. Screw the numbers. How does it feel? What's it drive like? That's That's the biggest part for me. Yeah, that's really one of the hardest things to really get across is explaining how it feels because you you're thinking it, you're feeling it, you're touching it, but to tell people what you're what you're experiencing is a, is a, another animal altogether, and it's the most important part, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. That is that is probably the hardest part of our job. Like when I try to tell someone straight up, I'm like, honest to goodness, the Cayman S is a better car than a GTR. They're going to spout off, you know, 550 horsepower versus 340, and it's, you know, 200-mile-an-hour top speed versus 170-mile-an-hour top speed, and it's just like, no. Sit in it while it's moving, and all will become clear. It's just a better experience, the way it makes you feel on the inside, the way it feels to drive. It's just better. Yeah. So, I would much rather drive a slower car that feels right than a fast car that just kind of lulls you into, you know, yawning, honestly. There you 100%. go. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another car that may be really exciting if it actually shows up. I'm still a little <clears throat> worried about it. Um, we're going to get back to Mitsubishi for this. Uh, Justin, you've got a bit for us on a spiritual successor to the 3000 GT, which is a yes. car I love. I am a Mitsubishi guy today. Um, yeah, the, well, we all got the sad news that the Evo was going away. Um, not surprising. It's very low sales over here in the U.S., very low sales global. Um, Mitsubishi is kind of going more towards the economic side these days. And like you said before, their budget is very, very, very thin. Um, but a new rumor popped up, uh, or more of a report than a rumor, that Mitsubishi is planning on bringing back, or not bringing back, but having a successor to the 3000 GT, except in a hybrid form. Um, I am a 3000 GT lover. I also love the Stealth. They have pretty much the exact same car, different badges. Um, particularly the VR4 version that was just yes. insanity. <laughs> that was one of the best GT cars of the 90s, I think. You know, stone me if you must, but I think it was one of the best GT cars of the 90s. Um, and to see them thinking about bringing this back really makes me wonder what exactly the plan is. Is it going to be 3000 GT or is it going to be something else that just kind of has some of the styling cues, the cool little dual headlight front and the larger, wider body like the uh, 3000 had? Um, or are they going to just bring a 3000 GT and make us all happy? Um, that's that's up, in, up for debate right now. 
but uh, they're at least getting our excitement up, and the future is looking very bright for the resurrection of 1990s uh, sports cars. We, we have talks about the Supra and you know now the 3000 GT, all kind of good stuff coming. If if they, I don't care if it's a hybrid. If I can get affordable, good looking with all wheel drive with the cool four four wheel steering that the uh, VR4 had of the 3000 GT, like that would just be the coolest thing in the world. Oh, and that was I drove uh, I think three of those in my life, and I can honestly honestly say those are three of the best cars I've driven. Not ultimately the best, but three of the best. Um, just the handling, the comfort, believe it or not, for how sporty and aggressive they were, they were actually fairly comfortable. Um, in the all-wheel drive version, they were good, decent in the snow and ice, so if you live up north, you're not compromising snow and ice driving. Uh, it's just a great all-around vehicle and, and decently roomy for the kind of car it was. Yeah, you know, I think if Mitsubishi really wants to succeed in this market, I think something sporty like this would be a very good way to do it versus the, you know, like we talked about earlier, the Outlander or even the the Evo not really selling well. I think, you know, maybe they've got a chance with this car, so I'd, hopefully they build it. Hopefully they do well with it. Well, I think the big issue for them is going to be price. Um, like, hands down, as far as I'm concerned, that's the reason the Lancer does, or the Evo doesn't, doesn't sell that well. Um, it's so, so expensive. You know, like, if you want to get a really nice one with, like, lots of kit on it, it's like closing in on fifty grand, whereas like the STI is like thirty-five. Yeah, well, that's one of the problems that Mitsubishi has for has had for a while is that they don't do enough volume to be able to let these Halo cars be very small profit or even loss leaders. Some of these Halo cars actually lose money um, because it gets brand name out there, so they're willing to take a small hit to get the brand recognition out there to do it, whereas Mitsubishi needs to make money on the Evo, so they have to crank up the price. Right. I mean, it's it's sad, but it's just like a, a true fact of the matter. Um, I think if they went with a really fancy hybrid system, they could probably go for the $50,000, $60,000 market on this. Um, maybe having the brand name of Mitsubishi on a fifty dollars or $60,000 car that's a new car might be a little iffy, but um, it's, it's kind of like Kia ten years ago, honestly. Right, yeah. but but otherwise, I think if they're going to bring something like this back to the market, they need to shoot for like a thirty-five to forty grand yeah. price tag, and like I, I would say be the top end of it. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to my favorite part of the show, um, Q and A. Uh, thank you again to everyone who's tuning in and listening and now watching and sending us questions. Um, they get better and better every week, so we've got some really awesome ones uh, this this time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say now, to save a little bit on time, some of the questions are top three items or whatever. Instead of all of us picking three, uh, because we don't want to have a four and a half hour long show, we're all just going to pick one, and so we will be the top three. Um, so just a heads up there, we've got two questions like that. Um, so the first one we're going to go is from Carl Knox, um, and he actually commented on the video post, so awesome, thank you. Um, what? Oh, woo woo. Oh, that, that was me going woo woo. I thought you <laughs> said whoa, stupid. and I'm like, whoa, whoa, did something break? Why are we whoaing? Don't whoa. It's like, oops, you don't say oops. So you're saying he saw our faces and he survived the task. Well, he commented on the video post. I don't know if he watched the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, he wants to know what are our top three most idiotic car names that we have ever heard of? 
Um, so again, this is from Carl Knox. Um, I'm going to go first, and mine's sort of funny, and it really only works here in the States mostly, but um, I'm going to go with Fiat Punto, um, simply because it's a tiny car with the word punt in the name, and it's like, when I see a small car, I do kind of just like, I wonder if I could just go over and just punt it across the road. And so I think that's a really silly name, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. And actually, that kind of makes me think about like they have the rash of people who are tipping smart smart cars in San in in San Francisco or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's like that same kind of thing. Like you would just have tons of Fiat Puntos all over the road that have just been kicked. <laughs> when I read that report about the uh, the smart cars, I just I started laughing because I knew a guy in college that bought one, and I, we gave him just unlimited wrath for that, but. I just I kind of want to go up to one and tip it over to see to see what it looks like on its end in person. Um, so not to tout other websites on the show because that's terrible and you guys should not read any other websites. You should only read ours. But uh, yes. whose whose website did you read that on? I really can't remember. I think it was I think it was like CNN or something like that. Oh, okay. Because um, I read a post by one of my former bosses named Alex Nunez. Uh, he's one of the heads over at Road and Track now. Um, his thing was about how terrible it was that this was happening because not only did you actually buy a smart car, but apparently the act of having to own and drive one of these is not bad enough on your life that you've been so bad, karma is actually having people come and vandalize your terrible car now. And that was like the whole premise of his piece. And he talks about the, the terrible, hilarious uh, local news. But he's like, you know, I feel so bad for these people because not only were they stupid enough to buy a smart car that they now have to live with, they have to wake up and find it vandalized. That's like the worst of the worst of the worst. But you know these people are just going to go over to their car and like push it over and like drive it to work. Yeah. They probably won't even check the oil level to make sure it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you going to do? you got to go to work. Oh man! Pour a half a quart of uh, synthetic oil in there and just go to town. There you go. All right, uh, Justin, do you have a choice for worst car name ever? Uh, you know, I debated on two. I have two ones that I just love. Um, I'll go with the one that's a little more obvious: the Nissan Murano. <laughs> I'm sorry. What idiot wrote that on a piece of paper? pronounced it, and then said, yeah, let's name a car that. Not only is it one of the goofiest SUVs still in existence, goofiest-looking SUVs still in existence, but it also has just... Uh-oh, I think we lost Justin. <laughs> Nissan must be cutting in on this. Uh, yes, what it is. <clears throat> Nissan has come in, and they're shutting things down. I was going to say the internet. <laughs> the juke was worse, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, well, I, mean, I, got... I don't know. Like, the Murano's kind of a funny name, but, like, the European version, essentially, of that car, the Quashkai or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's a way worse name than Murano. Like, yeah. what is it they call on top of here? The <clears throat> Nissan Kumquat? <laughs> I, th I think they were trying to go for, like, uh, or no, that's that's Milan. or is, Isn't there a town in Italy, like Murano, Italy, or something like that? Or am I thinking Milan? Um, I don't know about Murano, Italy. Um, I don't know, I... I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, I know. I know Milan's a town. Yeah. And there are Milano cookies. I was thinking the cookies. Yeah. Now I want some cookies. 
No, I want cookies. I do. I do have some cookies in the kitchen. So I, I guess while we're filling time uh, between Justin coming back, I would I would put my name out there, and and you're probably gonna hate me for this, but I'm gonna have to say the Ferrari La Ferrari. I. You know, it's a really I, terrible name. I feel like they had so much potential with that car, and then just to like, what are we gonna call it? Quick, you got thirty seconds. The La Ferrari, and like. There it is, you know. Right. Well, was it even that? Someone goes, "What? What did they call it?" And you go, "What did? What did you call what?" You go, "The new car." And you go, "The Ferrari." And they go, "Oh, so it's the Ferrari, the Ferrari." That's okay. And, yeah, and it just kept <laughs> they kept running. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but to uh, yeah, I just I feel like you know I I've seen I've seen the procedure happen of like naming car and they, they sit around a boardroom with all these pieces of paper written down and it's like what are we going to call this and I feel like that process was kind of skipped with this car yeah maybe um, oh hey I think I think Justin has joined us hi Justin oh. how are you hey I'm doing fantastic uh, my internet completely <laughs> crapped out on me I don't know what happened I was talking to myself there. Well, uh, we already figured it out. Uh, Nissan has Internet Ninjas, and Nissan got really angry that you were bashing one of their best-selling SUVs, uh, so they had the Internet Ninjas cut your Internet. Yeah, and then we, then, we, then we talked about cookies. And, oh, okay. And we missed the fun part. Come and on. then we also talked about how you were wrong. Okay, okay, excellent. Um, you picked the wrong Nissan SUV because the mid-size SUV thing that they sell in Europe is called the Quashkai. And we think that's the worst name than Murano. Well, I have one other. It's the uh, Mitsubishi Pajermo. <laughs> if you know what Pajermo means, then uh, you'll find it rather hilarious. Okay, wait a minute. If I Google what Pajermo means... Yeah, if you Google what it actually means, you'll find... All right, this is exciting podcast entertainment. Why it's only sold in Japan now, or Asia markets, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Is this like the, the Chevy um, Nova in the in the hey, Hispanic markets? In that way, except a lot more obscene. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, I'm a little worried now, to be honest. Uh, how do you spell Pajermo? P-A-J-E-R-M-O. Okay. I said it's Albanian, mm-hmm. and it would not translate it into English for me. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, Pajero, not Pajero. I'm sorry. P-A-J-E-R-O. Oh. Yep, there it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> UrbanDictionary.com. I will not repeat it, but it is quite hilarious. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I know everyone's excited to kind of know what this is, but if we have to go to Urban Dictionary, the answer is we probably just can't say it on the podcast. So that's your terrible homework that you should not do, especially if you're underneath the age of 47. (laughs) I I think that's a little even more weird. I don't know. Oh, just... Who named the car that? I have no idea. Yeah, that is the re- that's the key reason why it is now only sold in the Asian markets under the Pajero name. Um, <laughs> we can't we can't do this to people, so I'm gonna okay. try and find okay. a way to. Well, let let me let me see if I can think of a better way to do this. Um, if you've ever been to a zoo, and you've spent a lot of time looking at the chips or the bamboos, um, they do this a lot. And that's kind of what Pajero has to do with. 
Do you guys think that covers it? <sighs> kind I, of, yeah. I, I think even more hilarious than that is on my Google search query, under Urban Dictionary is another um, Mitsubishi uh, link saying Pajero Long Wheelbase Edition. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. We need to move on. Um, Justin, you missed it, but Mark's choice for terrible car name is Ferrari La Ferrari. Oh, that's it, of course. That's definitely one of the worst. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of those... Yeah, we had our whole talk about it. We're sorry you weren't here. Maybe if you didn't make Nissan's Internet Ninjas mad. Ooh, a fun new task for all the readers. Um, hey, guys, I want you to give me some more Photoshop work. I want pictures of ninjas with Nissan logos. Thank you. <laughs> Hacking away at our internet. There you go. Um, all right, so let's go on to the next, next question. We had a wonderful viewer, Chris Live. Uh, his question for us is, if we could have godlike powers and be capable of erasing a certain car from history, traffic, or the universe... What car would it be? Ooh. I'm going to let you guys go first. I am going to have to go ahead and take the Mustang 2. Oh, that's good. That thing, a Pinto with a different name, I don't think so. And when they attempted to put a V8 in it, it was just a tragedy. One of the worst V8s ever built. Um. Okay. That that's that's a pretty respectable answer, I think. Yeah, that's you know that, there is, that's a solid choice. You know. Okay. So I guess my choice and GM would be very happy with me right now if I if I made this public. I think anything to do with a Cavalier or a Sunfire or Sunbird or those really crappy Cavalier-ish cars from like the early two thousands, I, I th they need to fall into the sun. Now, to spin off on yours there, Mark, I would also vote for the Cadillac Cimarron. That's actually my choice. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to take the Cadillac Cimarron. Um, and this is actually really fun, because I was expecting a lot of terrible answers that I was going to have to laugh at you guys about and tell you that you were wrong. Um, and I, I think probably uh, as soon as a lot of listeners heard the question, they're all thinking, oh, it's got to be the Prius, or oh, it's got to be this. But no, I'm happy the Prius exists, because of the Prius and its su su success, that's one of the reasons we have things like the new LaFerrari La and the new P1 and the Porsche 918 is Toyota pushing this hybrid technology, you know. Um, so I'm glad we all picked cars that were just utterly terrible and not sad because we want them to go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, my, my choice, a lot of them were powered by the old 2.2 inline 4, and I had a Chevy S10 back in the day with that engine. I, I like it. But man, was it slow and doggish. <laughs> wow. But that thing had some low-end torque, though. But anyway, yeah. those cars were just terrible. The interior is like, you could buy them brand new, and like there were cracks in the dash. I remember oh. the, uh, the gear shifter had like the, uh, the push brush bristles around it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I wouldn't have paid 20, 20 bucks for this car. Like, mm. I think if they were to ever have a Hall of Fame for things that should go fast but never actually did ever, that 2.2 would be like the the king of the crop there. Yeah, but I can I can still pick out a car with that 2.2 liter in it because it has that that growl. My mail truck has that engine in it. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
every time I, I can hear the mail truck come to my house because it you should just stop it I'd be like I have to look yeah <laughs> 2.2 GM engine yep that's it oh my gosh in case you guys can't tell we're actually really boring people yeah <laughs> this is what our life consists of I know and it's like this is conversations like this I actually have on a normal basis that's my life and you people are like man I wish I had their job <laughs> no, not really. All we, right. You think about the mail truck. Yeah. Um. So let's go to our next next question here. Uh, we have Sammy eight three three. Uh, he says, "I just saw that a journalist from Evo Magazine UK got a job at McLaren, and he wanted to know if any of us would ever consider quitting this type of work for any other job, um, especially one that would not involve cars." And um, this is sort of a little interesting. Um, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. In a couple weeks, uh, Justin is going to be on vacation, so we're bringing a guest in to be on the podcast, and he is actually someone who used to be a writer just like us, and then he now works with a PR company. So uh, that'll be kind of cool, and we'll get a little bit into this more then. But um, let's stick with the whole job that would not involve cars. Uh, Mark, is there a job you can think of that you'd take? Uh, yeah, if it had about six figures in the salary, some nice benefits, that way I could buy some of the cars that we're talking about. Sure, I'll take it. Anybody offering? <laughs> Kids. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly tomorrow, uh, Mark was fired, and nobody knows why. <laughs> um, is there like a specific job that like you would you would want to get into? You know, not really, man. I just I've always wanted to do the the whole automotive journalism thing, just because. I'm so I'm so into cars, but you know um, I I enjoy the work, I enjoy the writing, I enjoy seeing the new stuff and keeping up with the whole industry of it. Um, it would take a lot to get me out of it, I think it really would. But six figures and benefits would be pretty pretty up there. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie on that one. Yeah, that's that's a lot of scratch. Yeah. All right, Justin, your turn. Ah. Uh. It's it's really hard for me to say uh, because the only one I could think of would be getting back. Wait into wait 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 wait! Please don't say Chippendale dancer. <laughs> well, all right, fine then I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the only thing that I could really think of would be for me to get back into radio, which I did before, just before I moved into the automotive field for the second time. Um, but doing the podcast now, that satisfaction is filled. So. I can't think of another job I'd rather do. I'm doing talking about the stuff that I love, writing about the things that I love. Uh, get to see all the all the news before anybody else gets to see it. Um, so no, I can't really think of anything else unless they're offering me, like Mark said, six figures, a nice benefit package, and maybe a McLaren P1 to drive around, and I'd be happy. Yeah, co yeah, yeah, company company BMW or something like that. Yeah, that that would be too bad of a gig. Um, I'm slightly in the same boat that Justin's in, whereas um, if I was to give this job up for another job that wasn't automotive-based, I actually already have that job. Um, as you may have noticed in my How to Do a Video podcast post, I'm kind of a big gadget nerd. Um, I like computers. I like video games. I like gadgets and audio gear and like all this stuff. Um, and I work for another website just on the side to do gadget stuff just because I enjoy it. So um, writing about video games, writing about gadgets, if I couldn't write about cars, that's what I would love to do, um, especially like high-end audio gear. I love me some nice speakers. I like nice headphones. Um, I've got nice headphones on now, and um, you can't see any of it, but 
I've got about a thousand dollars worth of headphones laying around the house at the moment, so I like my sound stuff. <laughs> Quite the opposite for me. These are like fifteen dollar ones from Walmart. Yeah, I got these for like twenty bucks at Ross. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, these ones. Which ones am I wearing? Um, these ones that I, I had to look. Uh, the ones, the ones that I've got on now are like uh, when they came out. I think were like two hundred thirty dollars. Uh, but they're out of production now. They don't make these anymore. So probably because yeah. they cost two hundred thirty dollars. No, they just were replaced with a different model that uh, folds up. Mine just had to sit there. Ah. The other ones, the ear cups will fold in, so they're smaller and easier to carry around. Very but, interesting. Yeah, so there you go. Um, if it's car-based, just because I want to touch on that, if it was a car-based job I could leave this for, like Ferrari test driver sounds like a nice, nice little title to have at the end of my name. Uh, yeah, that that, oh, that yeah. would be pretty sweet. Yeah, there's about 50 car jobs I could think of. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So let's move on to our next question. We have Thomas Beretta. Uh, he wants to say, really enjoyed the show, which we we really appreciate that. We like that Thank feedback. you, sir. Thank you. Um, but uh, he wants to know if we have any interesting story from when we were driving, filming, or reviewing a press car. Anybody have anything really interesting to say? Uh, I can't think of any really crazy stories. Everything's been pretty normal for me. Well, uh, Christian, you're going to remember this. You remember the time that I jumped a press car? Okay, yeah, there was that. I did. Not that was... too terribly bad, and no one ever. I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't really do it, you know. Of course, but I. I'm, I may or may not have um, found the the limit to the suspension um, drop in a, um, a press car. It was at one time. You know, an, an unnamed going... unnamed brand on some unnamed occasion. Just going a little fast, and the road dipped, and you know, it just it happens. I, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. You weren't you weren't doing it on purpose, and that's what makes it okay. So you didn't go over the dip, go, ooh, that would be fun, turn around and come back over the dip at, say, 105? No, no, it was, wow, this is, woo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you giggle and say, oops, and you go on with your life. Yep. <laughs> um, my thing uh, would probably be this last trip I did in the GTR around Christmas. Um... So Nissan was kind enough. There wasn't a GTR anywhere near me for me to do this trip, um, and it was for Nissan's uh, big birthday celebration. Uh, they celebrated a big mile, milestone this uh, last last Christmas. Um, they actually celebrated on the 26th. But said so, like we're gonna do this project, and you know I was involved with it. But um, I got sick right before I flew to Miami to pick up the car, like really really sick with the flu sick. Um, and I picked up the car anyways, and I'm going to do this story. I'm going to do this trip. It's this big deal. I don't want to let anyone down. And I'm trying to drive home. And I get just maybe an hour outside of Miami, and I spike a massive fever. And suddenly I can't really see straight, and my arms aren't working, and I kind of almost punted it into a wall. Ouch. Um. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Nope, I didn't hit anyone or anything, and I managed to get off the highway. And by the way, I love the Florida toll road, the big one that runs through the middle, whatever it is. Um, but when it costs me twelve dollars to get off the toll road when I'm about to vomit on somebody, that's a bunch of horse crap. I'm Why just did it cost you twelve dollars to get off the toll road? I don't know. I got in in Miami, and I got off whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, it's twelve dollars and eight cents, or twelve dollars and eighty-five cents, whatever." I'm like, "I have a ten-dollar bill, and I'm gonna throw up on you." <laughs> it's like, here's this ticket. You have to go online and pay. Now go. I was like, 
Really? Because I it's just, only like... I think, I think I was just vaunted. Right. Well, it's only like $25 <laughs> to go like the whole length of the thing from above uh, Orlando all the way down to Miami. And it was like $12 to get off. I'm like, what the heck, guys? So that's highway robbery. But, um, yeah, I did I did almost punt the GTR into a wall. Like, I mean, the fever just came on super fast. Uh, so that was that was rough. Uh, but that's really the only crazy thing I've really got. Yeah, so none of us none of us are like any top gear. Like we flipped a car five times on on its way to yeah blowing up. You know, I mean, I've heard those stories. I've just not been a part of any of those. Yeah, I've heard some pretty fun stories, like a, a journalist whose son put the Porsche 911 into his garage door and things like that. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. 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 For for any automakers listening right now, we are very kind to our press cars and we love them. We wax them uh, constantly and we um, we baby them. I don't wax them constantly, but um, I do make no, sure they're I, I taken care of. I I do that for mine. I don't know about you. Waxing is too expensive, and I have a job to do. You know, some of us have real lives and have to make money, Mark. We can't just sit around and wax cars all day. Gosh, it's part of my job, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a note of that. I'm going to send my car Mark's direction every time you get washed. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Sure. Double the press cars. I'll take that. All right. So we're going to move on now. Um, so, Thomas, I'm sorry that we're not more interesting people. But uh, maybe in a week or two we'll, we'll cover some of the more interesting other stories we've heard. Um, so we're going to do one uh, from Timmer, is the guy who asked this question. Um, he says, I have a question for you guys. Thanks. Um, if someone gave you a V12 from a Ferrari F12, what would you do with it? I, for one, would probably like to put it in some sort of van like an old VW Transporter just because he thinks it would make an outrageous car. Um, and again, this is specifically about the new F12 Berlinetta. Um, and I don't think it'll fit... But man, I'd love to put that engine inside of my Porsche. That'd be pretty sweet. Be a nice home for it. I mean, they do like the LS conversion. So LS V8s, the Corvette V8 inside of those Porsches, is a very, very common thing. There's an entire company that just makes like conversion kits to have it done for a couple hundred bucks. Um, so those seem pretty fun. I think just upping the cylinder count from eight to twelve and putting Ferrari on the front of it makes it a little bit better. I, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. I think we could do that. And then when I open the hood, people see Ferrari instead of Chevy. Or <laughs> Porsche. <laughs> right. What about either of you guys? You got anything fun you want to put that in? I would probably find some small hatchback, something Geo Metro-ish, and find a way to <laughs> retrofit that into the back end of it. I've seen it done. I've Just seen do like a mid-engine? Yeah, I've seen V12 stuck in the back end of hatchbacks, and I know it can be done, so I'd have to give that one valiant effort. <laughs> well, sounds, I mean, Volkswagen, cool. yeah, well, Volks, Volkswagen did that mid-engined V10 Golf once, so, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. That would be, yeah, that's pretty sweet, actually. Good job. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. All right, Mark, your turn. Oh, man, dude, I don't even know. Just, I like the idea of something small and something really crappy to make a perfect sleeper and just, you know... Red light stomp some people. Um, then, then again, Buick, like, I kind of want to road a road, uh, Buick road, Roadmaster wagon. There you go. Perfect. I was gonna say Plymouth Swap. Grand Fury, but yeah, okay. Just, yeah, just take the uh, take the the GM three fifty out of that. Put in the V twelve. I'm sure it'll fit because that is a massive engine bay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thing could store like four of those three fifties in there. 
But anyway, just put it in there, and yeah, you'd have to get some 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 better tires on the back, maybe a a Detroit locker. But yeah, that that would be pretty sweet. With the wood paneling down the down the sides. Yes, don't That's touch right. the outside. Patinaed oh, paint, everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining like. If everyone could just let me tune out for five to twelve minutes and just let me think about having a Roadmaster wagon in the driveway, chipped paint, wood paneling, hey, and a hey. Ferrari V12. There's no Pajero here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone that Justin has done this to us. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway. Let's move to our last question from Spaceballs27, which is a great name. <laughs> Movie. Thank you, Spaceballs27. Um, he would like to ask, what are the top three cars we would want to see imported into the U.S. that are not currently available? Ooh, I know one. I know what I got. Okay, Mark, go. All right, I would do the, the Volkswagen uh, Armark, or however you pronounce it. The, the truck. Amarok. I don't know. I don't know. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. When that truck first came out, like, five years ago... I like drooled over it every day. I'm like, why are they not bringing it here? It's so perfect, and I think it would sell like crazy. I really do, especially now that the new uh, the new truck market is coming uh, to the midsize. Why not? Come on, Volkswagen, do it. You won't be yeah. you won't be disappointed. There is there is an opening in the market, and they want to be the world's biggest car maker. So I think That's it's right. about about time. Yeah. All right, Justin, what do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with the Volkswagen love here, and I'm going to say the Sirocco, or Sirocco, however you pronounce that one. Oh, Sirocco, yeah. Yeah, that is a car that I miss from the 1980s. Like I said before, it's almost my first car, but I picked the IROC instead. Good Um, choice, my friend. (laughs) He pops a moment all the way, buddy. America! (laughs) But, I mean, there's something about that car. It's so sleek and sexy, and the hatch is just perfectly designed with the little swoop to it. And they have have the top-line model with, what is it, like 280 horsepower or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, they've got an R model of it. Like, it's... It's a Golf R that looks super sexy. Uh, that's that's a great choice. Um, so apparently everything that we want is owned by the Volkswagen Group um, because I would love to see an RS6 Avant. Mm, good pick. That's Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's yeah, pretty sweet. big twin turbo V8 Audi wagon, all-wheel drive quattro system in red. Yes, please, red. Um that just that's one of my all-time favorite cars is anything with the word RS and Avant in it that Audi makes um, I want all of I want an RS4 Avant I want an RS6 Avant I want all of it they could make an RS15 Avant that's 19 miles long I don't care I want one <laughs> so Volkswagen right. got some love today yeah there's a lot of VW love in this show we need to uh, send a link to this to Volkswagen there we go <laughs> And maybe they'll bring the Golf R wagon to the U.S. because of us. So remember, people, when the Golf R wagon shows up, it's because of us. You owe us. We did it. The, we did this. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to our fantastic new segment, Own, Drive, and Burn. And um, boys and girls listening, this is the last one that I have thought of in my head beforehand. So if you guys have any suggestions for what we should do for Own, Drive, Burn, send those things in. Uh, make my life a little bit easier, and then you get to hear exactly what you guys want. Um, but this one, this or this week's show, we're going to go back to the nice weather. We're going to do some convertibles. Um, our choices are the BMW Z4, Mercedes-Benz SLK, or a Porsche Boxster. 
Are we talking new, used? What you? Nope, these are all brand new. Brand new. We're okay. shooting for they're they're all they're all fifty thousand dollars. So, brand new Boxster, brand new Z4, or a brand new SLK. Justin, go. Oh, that's a tough one for me. Well, the the Boxster would be one I I want to own uh, purely because I want to own a Porsche. Um, I have some love for Porsche. Always want to own one. Never had the opportunity to own one. So I, I want that all the way. Now we're between the Z4 and the SLK, which is ironically the two cars my dad is picking between the buy. <laughs> Lucky. But, uh, huh, well, I'd have to say I'll take the Z4 to drive and I will burn the SLK. Okay. And that's only because the SLK is like 39 horsepower less than the base Z4. <laughs> that's about the only reasoning I could put behind it. Okay. Mark, your turn. Yeah, Justin stole my thunder. I, that's exactly my, my lineup as well. Um, I, I would, I would own the Porsche. I would drive the Z4 and the Mercedes. It, okay, for for all the, the glory that is the Mercedes SLK, I just, it just seems so uninspired to me. Um, it doesn't really have that um, sportiness to it. I just, I see it more as like. A boulevard cruiser than anything else, but the other two, they're they're a whole lot, you know, more. I don't know, sporty. That's the, the only way I can think of it. And the the Porsche, of course, is the the better of the two. So, that's my choice. All right. Um, so everyone loves Porsche. Um, more VW love. Hey, um, <laughs> I would I would also own a Boxster, but I would actually burn the BMW and I would drive the SLK. Um. Mostly because I've spent lots of time in lots of BMWs, and I've spent rarely any time in uh, Mercedes. And from everything that I know about the automotive world, for the most part, Mercedes actually makes a better car than BMW in almost every way, but you usually have to pay more for it, too. So it's like you know a 20% price in increase for a 3% better quality um, or whatever. But um, I want to test that theory a little bit. Like I said, I've spent a lot of time in a lot of Beamers, um, and I just think to be a little bit different, um, I would like to spend some time in an SLK. You That's know, fair enough. Fair a little enough. bit of Mercedes love. Yeah. So, there we go. Um, show's just about finished. I've got uh, one little extra thing to go over, and this is mostly for the video viewers. This is an extra special thank you to you guys. Um, last week's show, uh, we did the video. I did the little how-to podcast, and a couple people noticed I got up here in the corner. I've got a nice little uh, photo of an Aston Martin DB5. Um, well, I actually happen to have a second one of those. Ooh. And uh, I have nowhere to put it. It's just taking up room in my house. So I'm going to be mailing it to somebody. Um, somebody who's listening and watching. I also have a calendar by the same guy who took that photo, and there's lots of cool stuff on here. I don't know if you guys can see it. But... There's Porsches and Ferraris and Aston Martins and Lamborghinis, and it's tons of cool stuff. The guy's named Jeremy Cliff. He's a great guy. Um, he sent me a calendar. I've already got three calendars in the house. Uh, he sent me two of these photos, so I only need one of them. Uh, and mostly I just want to get rid of it. So to say thank you to you guys to listening and watching, uh, I'm going to be giving them away to you. This isn't like an official contest. There's no legal crap. Basically, I'm just going to find somebody who does what I ask them to in a second, and then I'm just going to mail it to them. Um, your job is to like or is to uh, follow the topspeed.com pod podcast Twitter account. It's at topspeed pod podcast, 
and to subscribe to our YouTube channel for the top speed uh, YouTube video. If you do those two things, um, I will follow you back on Twitter with the pod- podcast, and if you get picked, I can get your address that way, and uh, I will mail you a poster, and I will pick someone else, and I will mail them the calendar. So this is just my way of saying thank you to you guys and also getting rid of extra stuff I don't have room for in my house. Um, so yeah, that's all you have to do. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you want some extra entries, there's the three of us. If you follow us, for each one of us you follow, I'll give you an extra entry into the little giveaway thing. Um, so again, at Twitter, it is at TopSpeedPodcast. Uh, I am at Moford. That's M-O-E-F-E-R-D. Mark is at Mark McNabb. And Justin is at the Car Junkie. So if you guys want an awesome calendar full of cool stuff, it is a 2014 calendar. And uh, it's a 13 months, so it goes all the way till next January. Or this sweet Aston Martin photo. Um, that's how. Just, you know, hang out with us. Let us know that you enjoy watching and listening. And uh, I'll mail out some cool swag. So hope you guys enjoy so that. Are, are both of those going to one person? or are they? Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to pick two people. I'm going to pick two people. Even better. Um, yeah. Um, so there you go. One person will get a photo. One person will get a calendar. Um, yeah. I hope everyone enjoys that. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Again, uh, please keep commenting, uh, letting us know your questions, all that sort of stuff. We love hearing it. If you have any feedback on the podcast, we're doing good, we're doing bad, we're doing whatever you think someone needs to have green hair. I don't care whatever it is. Let us know. Uh, The best ways to get a hold of us, again, there are the comments on the post, which you guys have been using a lot of, and we appreciate that. There is email, uh, podcast at topspeed.com. And again, the Twitter account. And now that we have video, you guys can also comment on the YouTube video. So uh, we want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you for keeping us going. Six episodes and still running. Uh, Hopefully someday it'll be 600. And uh, we want to say happy Thursday to everyone. And thank you for listening. So goodbye, everybody. You guys, you guys, you guys want to wave and say bye? Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) I like that we have video now and I can wave at people. Bye. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) 